Hello and welcome back to Fan Theory. I'm the new Alex Bice. I am the new Mike Davis. And I'm Steve Feidel, always willing to take your hot tag. Fickle. Fickle. <laughs> and uh, as you can probably tell, um, we are here to talk about sports entertainment, professional wrestling, specifically the uh, world wrestling entertainment corner of the universe, because WrestleMania 35 is coming to New Jersey in just a few short weeks. And so uh, we have gathered the, uh, the sports entertainment fans here at the Asbury Park Press to uh, break down kind of the road to WrestleMania as it lays right now in mid-February um, before we arrive at the Showcase of the Immortals in early April. So, uh, gentlemen, how, how is the road to WrestleMania looking as it lays ahead of us? Well, I think, first of all, we have to clarify that. I believe the correct nomenclature is uh, WrestleMania, what me and Steve have referred to as Spiky Crown. Yes. Um, we don't use numbers in the WWE. It's okay. uh, WrestleMania Spiky Crown. Okay, fair. Um, personally, I am very excited. Um, you know, it's WrestleMania. I look forward to WrestleMania every year, no matter what, um, even if the card doesn't look great, which this year I think it actually is shaping up. At least the top matches are pretty cool. Um, I think we're all, there's also a bit of excitement because it's WrestleMania comes like, you know, the whole world, the wrestling capital of the world is kind of revolves around it. Yes. Um, and it's a super exciting time. It's always fun whenever the, the wrestling world descends on a city and you get that excitement, you get that feel. I've been to uh, two out of the last three WrestleManias and I went to New Orleans and Dallas. Um, so I, I'm very much looking forward to not having to travel for this one and WrestleMania coming to me in this case. Um, but it's always a good time. And the event itself, if you love spectacle, you're going to love WrestleMania because, I mean, they break out the big set. You know, there's always something really crazy. I'm sure there's going to be a big spiky crown above the ring. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait for it. Yeah. And, and uh, speaking of WrestleMania coming to town, there is a lot of WrestleMania and WrestleMania-related action coming to town. So let's just get those details out of the way right out right at the top here. WrestleMania Access, uh, which Steve, uh, Steve and Mike, you guys can tell the fans at home all about what WrestleMania Access is. That is happening Thursday, April 4th through Monday, April 8th at the Brooklyn Pier 12 in Brooklyn, New York. That is followed by NXT TakeOver Brooklyn Friday, April 5th at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Barclays Center is also home to the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony Saturday, April 6th. And then Sunday, April 7th, MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, WrestleMania 35. Spiky Crown. <laughs> WrestleMania Spiky Crown, followed by Monday Night Raw at Barclays Center and followed by SmackDown Live at Barclays Center as well. So it just continues on and on and on. Absolutely. And then this, this all is not even to mention that basically every indie wrestling promotion in this universe and probably other universes are all also going to be in the tri-state area. Um, stay tuned to Fan Theory in the coming weeks. I'm sure we'll have plenty more con uh, content uh, breaking down all of that amazing action. But for this episode's purposes, there is so much WWE-related stuff to get to that we're just going to keep our focus there. Um, so the, the news this week is the location and dates of WWE Access. Uh, Steve, since you're the guy who has traveled to multiple WrestleManias across the country, what is Access and why should people be excited about it? Access is your WWE fan experience. It's your meet and greets, it's your photo opportunities, they break out some of the props, they have live matches there uh, for you to witness. Um, to be fair, I haven't been to a WWE Access in like a decade, but they look like they're still an excellent time. Yeah, the thing that uh, they've been doing recently that I really like is like the matches like used to be kind of just like what people are we're not really doing much with. We need some ring time. We'll do that. And now they're starting to make like 
you know, tournaments out of it and kind of bring some names in. Like, I believe it was last year, like a lot of NXT UK guys. Correct. You know, Pete Dunne was involved, Mark Andrews was involved. And then, obviously, the, the NXT kind of names are usually involved in some capacity. Maybe it's just a run-in from Adam Cole or Ricochet comes to cut a promo. But, you know, they put a lot more effort into making the matches there kind of something they want to be you want to be at to be able to see. And you can usually get a ton of merchandise at that as well. So it's basically uh, a Comic-Con type event, but specifically for WWE branded content. That is a fair way to sum it up. Yeah, that's good. And then staying in Brooklyn, the Barclays Center, uh, April 5th is home to NXT TakeOver. Uh, for anyone who hasn't checked in on NXT in a while, um, what's so exciting about what's going on right now in uh, WWE's third brand, NXT? Well, first of all, there's never been a bad NXT TakeOver special. Since they started having them, every one of them has been very, very good or great or phenomenal. And the ones at the Barclays Center are usually like they're, top they're, shelf. Yeah. They're usually top. It's become like the garden. Like the way the garden was yes. for WWE for so many years, Barclays is kind of that for NXT. That, that's great point there. Johnny Gargano has been on fire for a year and a half now. Everyone knows how good Johnny Gargano is. And uh, his match with Ricochet on the last takeover, Rumble Weekend, was one of the best matches of the year. And, you know, they're going to have a hard time topping that one, but they're sure as hell going to try. Yeah. Um, I love the, the f I mean, you use the phrase third brand, and I think that was always the goal that WWE had for NXT. And it really, in my mind, hasn't, that hadn't been the case. Like, it was still very much the feeder system, like, you know, all right, when is so-and-so going to get called up? When is so-and-so going to get called up? Until maybe the last year. I mean, I think Gargano and the, the, the friendship turned rivalry turned back to friendship uh, with Tommaso the, Ciampa. The term the kids you're using these days is frenemy. The frenemy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Gargano's frenemy relationship with Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, you're talking about a storyline that's been going for two years almost. Yep. And the fact that, like, we as fans are still invested in it is just, like, that's that, that's tantamount to the work that they've done in NXT with those characters and, and really keeping them there. Because, I mean, if this was two years ago, if they, we were this long two years ago, I mean, there's a good chance that Tommaso Ciampa and Gargano are up on SmackDown as a tag team, jobbing out to, like, the Ascension, you know? But the fact that we're sticking with them as the top guys in NXT, and there are people that are uh, watching these shows specifically for them just shows that the work they've done with them. Nobody, nobody jobs to the Ascension. Nobody jobs to the Ascension. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I really feel like, you know, even just a few years ago in NXT, to both your guys' point, um, it felt like, you know, when you were watching, like, a Nakamura or a Samoa Joe in NXT or a Bob Roode, it was... What? Bob. Bob Rude. Bob Rude. <laughs> yes. Pull a Francesa. I don't know what that makes me so uh, funny. Talking John Bench. Oh, what is that? I mean, that's so much. Alberto Jose Albuquerque. John Gargano is really having a great year. All right, Alex. First time, long time. Friend, friend of the show, Bob Rude. <laughs> this is all staying in. Yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, when you were watching some of those guys in NXT, it was more just kind of watching what they did in NXT until they went up to Maine. Um, and you don't really get that sense from a Gargano or a Ciampa, you just, you, or even a Shayna Baszler. Like, they seem like they're amazing NXT talent, and I don't really want to see them go to Maine anytime soon and be misused. Well, I certainly don't want to see them be misused. I think, you know, there's always a story you can tell with Johnny Gargano on the main roster, or John Gargano, if we're going going with <laughs> nice. just proper names. And Tom Ciampa? Yes, and Tom Ciampa. Tommy Ciampa. <laughs> um, there's always a story you can tell with him. I mean, he is uh, 
one of those guys that the entire crowd can just rally behind, even though he's playing a heel right now. Um, he he pulls it off, pulls it off uh, both ways. Um, but I love what he's doing right now, and I don't have any desire to see him come up either. I think that the two kind of exceptions to this for me personally are. Uh, um, Al Black is like, <laughs> come on. Al Black is like a main roster talent, and he has been for a while. He has the look, he has the entrance, the the move set, like it's it's there. And he could be a you know similar to like when we when you saw Finn Balor in NXT, and it was kind of immediate from a moment like, oh, this guy's gonna be a star, right? If they don't do something stupid with him, which you know, here we are. But um, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and then like I am an OG Adam Cole mark. Right. Um, like, I watched Adam Cole get his teeth knocked out by Kyle O'Reilly at, like, the Hammerstein Ballroom in 2012. Like, pre-any title in ROH. And, like, that guy is a star. And, like, I, you know, I think it's interesting because, like, the... I'm going on a tangent here, but, like, when The Shield came came up to WWE, not as... I mean, they weren't a thing, but they became a thing. Right. Um, like, that was really impactful, and they booked them really well. Like, The Shield was, like, kind of a dominant force to be reckoned with. And I think there's... Like, there's a cool like story there where you bring the whole shock the system undisputed era up at once and they wreck somebody after a title match and like you have the added bonus of like people know them and they're excited by them whereas the shield nobody really knew who they were for the most part outside of folks like us yeah right. um and i think that could be really cool too sure you know, i'm always worried about my boy adam cole getting misused in some capacity but like you know, he's been a star everywhere he goes. I don't think that that would be too much of a problem. Bring the whole faction up, but he will always be the one that stands out and, yeah. sh and shines, even if you have that whole faction playing support to him. One more name I would add to your list of people that I absolutely think should be up and be up soon, Matt Riddle. There's, mm -hmm. there's you know, he's just getting to NXT now, but there's nothing that he's going to gain there that he couldn't just pick up on the uh, main roster. He's a former uh, MMA guy who just has taken to wrestling incredibly well, and you could put him on Raw or SmackDown right now, and he would work. He has the look, he has the personality. I, I'd say just go go with him. Yeah, we also, I mean, the three of us saw Matt Riddle at a uh, progress wrestling show in Queens over the summer, but like, I'd seen him in London for a progress show a year before that, and like, I'd kind of watched some of his matches and stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, he's pretty good. Uh, I don't get the whole bro thing. I mean, you know, it's just a fun character. But then, like, when you're in a room, when the place explodes, just chanting, bro, 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 it's infectious. Yep. Like, you know, and, and, he, and listen, he is good in the ring. Like, I'm not, that is by no means to me just kind of, like, I think it was just, it's a weird sort of, the weird wrestling thing where, like, sometimes the character doesn't equal the ring work. Right. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think usually WWE is proven is if you have one or the other, like, you'll get your chance. Yep. Don't forget the uh, the progress show we saw a year before last summer, Matt Riddle uh, versus Walter. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yes. I forgot about that, yeah. That match was 90% chops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you haven't watched uh, Walter's debut at NXT UK, it is awesome. Like, they, they kept this full, like, indie entrance, like the, the orchestra music, sure. him just standing there. It's, that's great. That guy's a monster, and, like, I'm glad they're treating him like it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, staying in Brooklyn for a little longer... WWE Hall of Fame induction, uh, Saturday, April 6th, the Barclays. They haven't announced any inductees yet. If you want to dive into the dirt sheets, you can see who the rumors are right now. Um, but a, lot of, a lot of talk behind the Hart Foundation, the original yeah. Hart Foundation. Brett, Jim Neidhart, and uh, Jimmy Hart. Uh, Jimmy Hart and Brett are already in the hall, so uh, they would become two-time Hall of Famers, joining Ric Flair in that 
in that club. Um, and then Jim Neidhart, unfortunately, uh, after his death, yeah. would uh, would get the honor. But a lot of rumors behind that. Yeah, no we'll doubt, say. no doubt, deserved. I True. wonder if like. I mean, maybe you guys can tell me. I don't. Does that sound like a headliner Hall of Famer to you? That sounds. That sounds like the uh, the number two, the semi, two. The, the the semi main. Yeah, I, I I would have no problem with that. I'd have no complaint with that. My only um, issue is that I know uh, Steve, you and I have discussed off mic for years. Uh, we've wanted to see uh, Bam Bam. Asbury Park's own Bam Bam Bigelow in the hall, and we've if, talked about this on mic as well. I'm yes, sure, yeah. but if if the Anvil gets in this year, um, does that? preclude another posthumous entry? Perhaps not because he's part of an act where there are other living uh, living uh, entries going in in Jimmy Hart and Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has been a concern in the past that you don't want to uh, you don't want to have too many downers uh, I guess yeah you know it's it's unfortunate that these guys have passed so early in life there was so much more that Bam Bam could have done and there certainly was you know more life to live for uh, for Jim Neidhart before he passed away this past year so you don't want to make it all just a little bit of a, a downer but Hopefully, uh, hopefully he gets the call because it would be cool if he got the call so close to home. Yeah, you you, you got to feel like if it if it's gonna be Bam Bam's year, it's gonna be at a Jersey Mania, and so that just it would make yeah. all the sense in the world. I mean, he's the guy. He is built from Asbury Park, New Jersey. I yep. mean, you know, like he had you know he had the flame the flames on the head is like a like a like a iconic thing, and it's I mean, greetings from Asbury Park is the name of his move, yep. like. You know, the guy is associated with the state, and, like, just so we have it on the record, like, Bam Bam is, like, a surefire Hall of Famer. Like, did things no big man had ever done before, did things that big men after him, like, straight up copied. Yeah. Um, was successful everywhere was he see- went ever as right. well. Went yeah. to Japan, was a star there. Went to WCW, NWA, was a star there. Went to ECW, was a superstar there. Yeah. And, you know, he was part of those early WrestleMania years. He was part of WrestleMania four right here in New Jersey. Um, this would be a great, great time to induct him. And to Mike's point, he is a no doubt deserving it candidate. Were you at that ECW show at Convention Hall with, I was, him, with him and Taz? I was not. I, I wonder what it was like to be there. Cause I'm like, I mean, you watch like those pay-per-views on the WWE Network or like the ECW doc kind of talks about it a little bit. Like, it seems like it's pretty special. Sure. And like, you know, I just wonder what it was like. Yeah. So, um, uh, other potential Hall of Fame contenders, my kind of outside chance pick for this year, because I think it just makes all the sense in the world from a PR standpoint, is I wouldn't be surprised if Paige gets in this year, because she's out there promoting the movie. This is potentially the first Mania, and we'll get to it, the first Mania headlined by a women's match. Perhaps. And if if the narrative being put forward in the film, Fighting With My Family, is that the women's revolution was caused in part by Paige, um, it makes sense from the story that WWE wants to tell around her to uh, to do that this year. I would be she's incredibly young to get into the hall, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if it happens. Oh, she was wildly she was wildly talented. It's too bad that she's not still able uh, to perform. She certainly was on that front end of the start of the uh, women's revolution. So yeah. I think uh, we were talking about NXT calls before. I think Paige showing up is like my favorite one. Because like not just that she wins the title on her first night, but like the music hit and like the arena blew up, you yep. know. And like it's not like you know AJ Lee was very popular. People loved AJ Lee, but like just the, the you know the moment where she showed up on a Raw was like it was crazy. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. As depicted in the film, fighting with my family. As depicted in the film, <laughs> and she's uh, uh, Zelina Vega is playing AJ Lee yes. right, in that movie. That's pretty yeah. cool. 
Yes, it is. Um, any any other uh, hopes, predictions, uh, wants for this year's Hall of Fame class? Uh, like, who are we thinking might potentially be a headliner? I mean, year? I think I mean I think this is negated now that they're bringing in a, a stable already. But like we've talked before, like DX as a group probably makes sense because yeah. you kind of you know you get Triple H in before you get the big main event one that he deserves on his own. Um, you get to give Shawn Michaels another one. Guys like Road Dog and Billy Gunn that like have given their life for the business, even if they were never like top guys. Um, you, you kind of reward them for that work. And then obviously, like, China is another one. Like, Bam Bam should have been in the Hall of Fame years ago. And it's, a, it's an absolute disservice that she never was. And you finally get to give her hardware for it. Uh, don't forget X-Pac as well. Oh, and X-Pac. I forgot about X-Pac much like most of the 90s. And, oh. and, and, if, and if you're thinking back to the OG days of DX, you can't forget about Rick Rude either. Or uh, Ricky Rude, as I like to call him. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> Wow, Richard, no. Richard Rude, Richard Rude, Richard, Richard Rude, and is Rick Rude in the hall as a solo, like for? I think he came in recently. Okay. Yeah, right. Within the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah. So, um, if you want my pick for a headliner, I got to go Big Dave Batista, Hollywood mm-hmm. star. Um, I think he'd be a, a good headliner. Um, Makes I sense. Think, I think he would fit in well this year. I think they can still go that way. I guess you know because my thought, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this more, is like there, there was a plan for Batista to be on this card at WrestleMania. Sure. And, but I guess, like, in the era of Kurt Angle, you know, until Kurt Angle, it was really like you're in the Hall of Fame, you're done. Right. And kind of Kurt Angle has changed that. Yeah, I don't think that's a concern yeah. anymore, and I think but he can come back whenever uh, whenever he needs to uh, have that match with Triple H that yeah. they kind of hinted at on TV a couple yeah. months ago. And it gives you kind of a it, – it's an interesting story dynamic, too, where now you have, like, you know, a Hall of Famer in the ring that's like, you know. It's really cool. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't dislike that. I think that would be, be fun. And it's certainly a headliner. I mean, Dave, yeah. Big Dave can go in by himself. Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, So now, WrestleMania 35. uh, Sunday, April 7th, WrestleMania, Spiky Crown. Um, Sunday, Sunday, April 7th at MetLife in East East Rutherford. what are we thinking about the uh, the build to the various you know to the to the various storylines that are all going to culminate here at Mania? Because there's a couple really really hot stories going into Mania already, and it's only mid February. Well, I mean, you hinted at it before in saying that you think that this is the first year that the women are going to headline Mania, yes. and by all rights, it should be that year until you actually are there that Sunday and see the match go on last. You never really know. There's always last-minute curveballs and match order and stuff like that. But this is the year of Becky Lynch, and Becky Lynch needs to headline this show. Uh, She needs to headline the show against Ronda Rousey, and it may or may not involve uh, Charlotte. It probably will involve uh, Charlotte, but... To me, this is all. This is Becky Lynch's mania. Certain people occasionally get manias. WrestleMania 30 was Brian Daniel. Uh, was Daniel Bryan's uh, mania. This is Becky Lynch's mania. Yeah, and um, I don't want them to make the same mistake they did in 2012 when CM Punk was the most popular pro wrestler in the world, and he or 28 28 mania, and he wrestled Chris Jericho for the title match that was like you know in the middle of the show. Right. Um, this is about that. Becky Lynch is. To a level that many, very few people have been since Daniel Bryan. Um, maybe nobody, but like the fa- the fan reactions to her are some of the most organic that you yeah. ever see. Um, they're they're on that Daniel Bryan level. Um, you see them come up every couple years. You don't see them every year. You don't see them every month. Um, when you have a wave like this, you got to ride it. But you also have to make sure that you don't cut it off sooner than sooner than you can. And if she doesn't 
headline this mania if she doesn't win in the main event. Those are all little errors that they can make, and maybe they'd be swerves or things that you know catch people off guard and have shocking moments. Um, but they wouldn't be good. You want to ride this wave all the way out, and the way to do it is having her win, defeat Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania in the main event. And then then you might see her start to really move business for you. And yeah. then you're talking about, can you know, can she be one of those face-of-the-company type, uh, type personalities? I'll throw my hot take out there, um, which I've solidified myself on. I said, I think Charlotte should be in that match. Mm-hmm. And both story and for the match itself, because I think, and me and you have talked about this off mic, Steve, but like Charlotte has been a part of the Becky sto- this Becky story the entire time. Like Charlotte is like intertwined with it. And I think it's sort of not maybe I'm not silly is the wrong word, but like it would be wouldn't be wise to like kinda to assume the fans forget that, you know? Um, and then you talk about the match itself. I mean Rhonda's Rhonda's blown a lot of people away with her match work. I mean, you know, compared to where she, you know, she started doing this a year ago, and that's astounding that a, a year and a couple months ago she was training for the first time, really. Um, I think you need another workhorse in there. Um, we know Charlotte and Becky have good chemistry. Um, we know both of them have decent chemistry with Ronda, and I just think if you have that third person in there, kind of, you know, you can cover up some of the sloppiness, some of the things that might turn people off of it already, or may at least turn people like us off of it. My only hesitation about putting Charlotte in the match is... I still don't know what Asuka's path to Mania is and who Asuka's challenger is for the SmackDown belt. Because right now, like, you know, Charlotte is, you know, you know, she's doing great work on SmackDown. Asuka is the SmackDown Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. I don't know what storyline you cook up with to have a challenger to Asuka otherwise. That's, you know. I could, I could fantasy book that, which I had said uh, when Asuka came, Asuka should have never lost when she came up to the main yeah. roster. Uh, and then you finally have the WrestleMania match where you can have Ember Moon finally get the win that she was so close to so many times over Asuka at WrestleMania. Now, I don't, I th- you can still do that now because it's like, you know, she never beat Asuka. Asuka manhandled her most of the matches. Um, I think there's a good story. But isn't there. Ember out on uh, medical leave with Sasha? A, uh, no, you said Ember. You know, I, I thought Sasha was out. I thought Ember was out for a elbow surgery. You're both right. Hey. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yes. Well, I, like I said, fantasy booking. Doesn't have to happen, right? Probably well, well, if Sasha, I think if Sasha's out, then Bailey doesn't have a tag team partner. And I then, think Sasha will be back. I, I don't know when Ember will be back, yeah. but um, regard regardless, I think you're right. I think that this does leave Oscar without a, a dance partner, but ultimately, it's the main event that matters most. Yeah. So if Charlotte is the best person to put into the main event. I'd be I'd be fine with that even if that leaves Asuka. So and Mike, you make a really compelling case, but like any terrible tag team partner, I'm now gonna turn my back on you and MAGA and, Um Hey, what's the barbershop window doing? Exactly. I'm gonna throw you right through it because I just think Charlotte needs to be left out of it. I think you want the best main the best manias, the most memorable manias are the ones that are one on one matchups. It's like eight percent of WrestleMania main events have not been one on one matchups. Now the Daniel Bryan one is one of those three um, multiple person matches that they've had, but I still think um, it's it's it wasn't Austin versus Michaels versus Tyson at you know WrestleMania fourteen. It was Austin Michaels. It was. Austin Rock, those matches are the ones that stand the test of time, and you want to give Becky the best possible launching pad. Also, 
You put another person in the match, that's one more variable on the outcome, and I, don't, I think you want to limit the amount of uh, outcomes because, to me, there is only one outcome. And, or you could, have, you could have two, I guess. You could have Becky pin Ronda Rousey, or you can have Becky tap out Ronda Rousey, one or the other. Splitting the difference between the two of you, um, I think if we see in the next couple of weeks that Charlotte is added to this match, like, officially, decisively, that means that... Uh, a certain Vincent Candy McMahon is feeling more likely that this show will that this match will close the show. Um, I think you're probably right in that. But I don't think she needs to be in like it does not need to be a triple threat. I do not doubt for a second she'll be involved in the match in some way. She'll I she'll probably run out to get involved at some point in some capacity because she is so entwined with the storyline leading into this match. But I don't think the match needs the match does not need to be a triple threat and Becky doesn't need Charlotte's involvement. Rhonda doesn't need Charlotte's involvement. But I don't doubt that she will be involved in some capacity. That's interesting. We have kind of three different uh, aspects on it. None of this takes away from the fact that friend of the uh, podcast, Charlotte Flair, is a phenomenal wrestler, and she's doing great. I straight up doing think, great work. Yeah, I straight up think she's the best women's wrestler in WWE history. Like full stop. Like character, mic work, the ring work. Like you know, I, Lita, Trish Stratus, those types are amazing. The folks that came before this new women's evolution of like Beth, you know Beth Phoenix and Natalia are great. The classics are great, but like Charlotte has it all. You know, Charlotte was really the first one that I thought like you could, you could, they had her. You know, she main evented a pay per view for the first time, sure. and I think that's fine. I just you ride the hot hand, and exactly. Becky Lynch is the hot hand, and yep. has been for a while, and it would make no sense at all. And as I was getting at earlier, that hot hat hand has the potential to get even hotter and right. really drive some business and take and take WWE to a place where. It really needs to go because you know ratings ratings aren't great right now and attendance ain't great right now. Yeah, WrestleMania is going to do big business in this mar- in this yeah. market. But WrestleMania does big big business in every market, yeah. um, but right now they could use someone sparking some ratings. They could use someone sparking some attendance. And Becky's not quite at that level yet, but you you let her explode. I think she can get I there. I mean, it's not crazy to think about Becky winning the main event at WrestleMania. Uh, winning the title, going on ESPN, doing the whole the whole media tour like usual, and then when the first SmackDown Live on Fox airs mm-hmm. on Fox Sports airs, there's Becky Lynch, you know, going to the new the new big show, and you know, just blowing the ratings to the roof. And and I can humbly say, as someone who had the pleasure of interviewing Becky a couple weeks ago, she is incredible with media. She's incredible with press. She's someone who you can put out doing the media rounds, put her in front of cameras and in front of microphones, and she will deliver every time. Um, so if we watched, because I know we've been talking for a while now, if we just want to kind of lightning round some of the other uh, matches or some of the other potential matches for Mania, Seth Rollins-Brock, what do we think? That's, that's a good match. It's a great match, yeah. 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 I kind of feel bad we've been talking about the women for so long because they deserve it, but I think uh, Brock and Rollins has the, has the potential to be one of the really good Brock matches, and I think we had that with Finn Balor. Yep. Um, we had that with Daniel Bryan. We had that as with well. Daniel Bryan. Yeah, he works well with those Brock, guys. Brock, are smaller than them. Brock and those guys, man, they, that's yeah. that's fun stuff. Yeah. Those are fun matches to watch, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Seth Rollins has had a great year himself. Um, he probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves because he's never really at the top top of the card, but he's had a great year, and this this will be a uh, a great capper to it. Well deserved. Yeah, I mean, I think him cashing in Money in the Bank at WrestleMania is one of my favorite moments. Sure. Like, it was just, it was just so out of the blue. Um, and it was so it was just so awesome. And him in that that heel run as the champ, it was great because like in the internet era, it's very hard for heel to actually get booed. 
you know? Yep. And he got booed out of every building he was in. It was great. Yep. You know, JJ Security and uh, John, like, you know, it was awesome. Speaking of heels, it's really hard to boo. Uh, what do we think the Mania picture looks like for the new Daniel Bryan, who is doing some of my favorite work in a long time in WWE? He it's, is so good. It's really wide open. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where they're going with that. I hope that Bryan still has the title at Mania. I'd love to see him match up with any number of people, but I, you know, it's just put a uh, put a uh, chip on a uh, roulette wheel and you know, yeah, and let see see what comes up. Um, I'm gonna go Rey Mysterio. Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be a cool match, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, not that it would happen because, you know, the way the show is working stuff, but um, I kind of wanted Ballard to win the Rumble and challenge Bryan because I think that's like, I'm kind of, has like Matt Classic kind of feel to sure, it. Sure, sure. Um, like, you know, I say dream match, but like, I think they've wrestled each other in Japan and in some various indie capacity before. Yeah, probably. Years ago. I, I just assuming, that, you know, the yeah. way, how long they were together. Um, but like, I, I think that would be a great match. I think you have, you know, I have been waiting since... Balor came up to the main event to like see him like see like the demon entrance at WrestleMania and it hasn't happened yet. No. Um, and I think this like you know him going for like the title, you know, uh, which again we have to talk about, uh, would is a really cool moment. I, I don't think it's gonna happen unfortunately, um, but it should. That belt is amazing. It's it's incredible. It is universally loved by like everybody. WWE. How can I not purchase that belt already? That should have been on sh- on WWEshop.com immediately following its unveiling. Like, I cannot believe that I cannot purchase that eco-friendly belt. As the office's resident vegan wrestling fan, I need... <laughs> <laughs> I need that belt. Yeah, yeah. It's just to hold the pants up. It's like anything. You use it like utilitarian. Yeah. Like, it has use. No, I'm going to wear it to, like, various veg fests and stuff like that. <laughs> Oh, the, you got the king of Daya, the sultan of Satan. Yes. Oh. I, oh. It's, it's amazing. And, like, you know, I, I am surprised they pulled the trigger on it, you know? It's so good. It's, but it's, it's great. So it, looks, good. it looks great. It if, fits the character perfectly. Like If we had to do deal with not one but two different spinning belts for John Cena, because yeah. remember, he had the U.S. title spinning belt as well. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. people forget about that I forget, one. I forget about that um, one. We can certainly have the uh, hemp belt for uh, yeah. Daniel Bryan. Speaking of which, speaking of big match John, hmm. he's my pick for Daniel Bryan. Yep. You don't need very much build huh. to get there. No. and And, you know, Merchandise champion John Cena versus anti-consumerist, anti-capitalist Daniel Bryan. It's a very easy story that essentially writes itself. And then you also have Cena's, you know, pre-existing, you know, race for title reigns. Like, it makes all, and, you know, Daniel Bryan could say, that's just another facet of your consumerism. You want to consume title reigns. And it's, the promos write themselves and they'd be great. And the match would probably be really good. Yeah, I like that. I don't know if it'll happen because I think... Uh, no, I don't think it'll happen, yeah, but that's what it should, should happen. happen. Yeah, I just think, you know, it's the kind of thing where, we, similar to like with Charlotte getting in the women's main event, that, like it's one variable outcome. is like, that the women's match should headline WrestleMania. And if you have John Cena going for his uh, world, his, his record-smashing uh, championship win, and it's to like, you know, in Vince McMahon's fight, in eyes like defeat the evil vegan... Like, that has a chance to headline the show, and it shouldn't. Yeah. So I'm a little wary about that. But, like, that match would be great. I mean, you know, you, I mean, they've worked, they worked well together before. They know each other very well, obviously. Um, I'd be great. That, that's awesome. So, Sign me up. Yeah, exactly. Um, we don't need to talk about the tag team division because WWE doesn't want to, I guess. I really hate – the Miz is really good. Um, and, you know, 
he's just I don't know why he's a babyface ever because he's so good as a heel. Why would you why would you change it? For him to inevitably turn on Shane and them to have their main, you know, it, I think that's Shane's mania match this year. It's just against it the Miz, and I'm sure it'll be fine. And Miz will be a heel, so you'll be happy. Right. Yeah. I'm just not interested in that match. I don't know. The Shane O'Mac thing wore off after the first mania, you know? I can only watch a grown man try to kill himself too many times before it gets boring. And uh, you mentioned Finn Balor, and I think there's non-zero chance we see Finn compete for the IC title at mania. Fine. But the the match I've been kind of fantasy booking in my head for years to the point that I don't even really want it anymore is just Demon Balor versus Taker and kind of supernatural being versus supernatural being. Well, it's a good segue because uh, I don't. It seems like Re- the Undertaker may not be on WrestleMania. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, it's not which, looking. It's not looking likely. Which is very strange. It, it's it's incredibly strange. He's been such a fixture. It hasn't been as big a part of the last couple manias, so they've kind of weaned us off the. The taker to a certain extent, but um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very very different. But uh, anyone who's seen him in the last couple of years, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with retirement. There's yeah. no, there's nothing wrong with hanging it up. And it's if it is true though, it's going to be such a weird historical footnote that potentially both Taker and HBK's final matches were where they were a couple of months ago. Like that's that would be unfortunate. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Saudi Arabia? Yeah. He, was he, it was Michael's in a match in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so that's, you know, that's what, that's what Mania is, is looking like right now. It's going to be several amazing days of wrestling um, in New York, New Jersey. Um, Mike Davis, how easy is it to get from Brooklyn to East Rutherford? Uh, I'm trying to think of the best phrase to use, but the short answer is not. It's <laughs> not easy. Uh, it's The traffic's going to be terrible. Uh, you should go to Access, especially if you have children, you have the chance to kind of meet some of these heroes that you see on TV, but like, I would highly recommend maybe not going the day of WrestleMania. Um, there are other events going on in New Jersey right down the street. You've listened to me and Alex talk to Tom Tonga from the Bullet Club. Like, good guy. Good, good, guy. good guy, Tom Tonga. Um, I just... That's going to be really tough. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the problem with doing any big sporting event in this area. Like, Super Bowl is the same thing. That, like, getting around is not easy, you know? Like, I would, I wouldn't going to plan on being at WrestleMania for a couple hours before the gates open and probably hanging out in the parking lot for an hour or two after the gates close. So I will say there is a shuttle bus going from the Bullet Club block party to WrestleMania. Good guy, Tomataka. Yep, he's, ta- he's taking care of you. There you go. Absolutely. Too sweet. Absolutely. Um... But what do all of you at home think? Uh, what are you hoping to see at Mania? Um, do you think Charlotte should be involved in the the Becky Ronda match? And you know, vo- you know, speak your mind on anything and everything in the comments or hit us up on social media. For the Asbury Park Press, the Fan Theory Podcast, I've been Alex Bice. I have been Heel Mike Davis. I've been just regular old Steve Feidel. And we'll see you next time. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of Fan Theory. The Fan Theory podcast is part of the Asbury Park Press and USA Today Network. You can listen to new episodes every Friday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think. For the latest updates, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and visit us at app.com fantheory, where you can subscribe to our weekly Fan Theory newsletter.